Well, Merry Christmas. Thank you. Well, uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Nate, and uh, I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and my wife Courtney and I, we have two littles who are very excited about Christmas. My daughter, Elizabeth, who is four years old and in the thick of Christmas spirit, and then my two-year-old son, Owen. And the other night, I just started to have kind of the desire to look back at some of these Christmas memories from the past few years, which eventually led to just looking at all sorts of family memories that I had on my phone, and eventually led to me watching some videos of when we had done our gender reveals for the kids. And in particular, I remember Elizabeth's gender reveal when we were at the Averitt's house. We had all of our friends and family there. No one knew if we were having a boy or a girl. We made the decision to give everyone cans of unmarked silly string. Either it would be pink or blue. And we did a big countdown. Three, two, one. And when we hit one, there was a sea of silly string that covered me from head to foot. I, in the video, Charlie Averett, wherever he's sitting, he looked, he looked a little too happy to be spraying me. And there will be recompense. Don't, don't forget it. But anyways, it was such a wonderful announcement that we were making with friends and family about the coming birth of our daughter. But it does not compare to the kind of announcement that was made for the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Michael and Eleanor Breed just read our passage for us from Luke chapter 2. But we need to put ourselves in the shoes of those shepherds, if we can, to imagine what it was like on that night, some 2,026, 27 years ago, just six miles from the city of Jerusalem in the tiny town of Bethlehem. In that little town, our Savior was born, not in a palace, not wrapped in royal linens, not resting in a golden cradle meant for a king, no, he was born in a stable, wrapped in swaddling clothes, and was resting in a manger because there was no room for him. And even though this all screamed of his humiliation, our God, the Father of our Lord, would not allow the birth of his Son to go without at least one moment of exaltation. Therefore, he sent his angels to proclaim this great birth. And that's what we read about in Luke 2, verses 8 through 14. So imagine you're one of these shepherds. You're out there in the field in the dark, cold, dead of night, watching your sheep. Likely in some of the fields that maybe King David had been watching his sheep. When all of the sudden, heaven bursts forth. And the glory of God Almighty shines around these shepherds, and his angel stands before them. In verse 9, we read, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. And the angel said to them, Fear not. Of course they were afraid. When angels show up, they show up as the warriors of God. They're in their full battle gear. When Daniel, David mentioned this on Sunday, when Daniel saw an angel, he fainted. When we think of the angels who guarded the gates to the Garden of Eden, they had flaming swords with them. 
This would have been an intimidating thing, but not as intimidating as the Shekinah glory of God surrounding these shepherds. You think back to the book of Exodus and you think of Mount Sinai, the glory of God descended on that mountain. And it says there was thundering and lightning, there were earthquakes, the mountain looked like a kiln with smoke billowing up from it. There was where God's presence was. And here, this night, as the shepherds were watching their sheep, the presence of God is brought forth, and the angel makes this great announcement. He says, Fear not, for behold, I bring to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. I bring you the gospel. Good news of great joy. What kind of anticipation must these shepherds have had when the angel said, I've got news for you? Is there anyone here who's excited that tomorrow is Christmas Day? Yeah, oh yeah, John Mark. You know, Elizabeth, my daughter Elizabeth is excited. I see the Pocta kids are extremely excited. I can tell you this, the moment we put up our Christmas tree on Thanksgiving afternoon, everything reoriented towards Christmas. The Libbies, every day we woke up, we had Christmas crafts we had to talk about, Christmas songs, Christmas stories, Christmas cookies. We went on Christmas night walks to see all the Christmas lights. Elizabeth is so excited for tomorrow. And it's really kind of given me a new sense of anticipation for Christmas. But imagine these shepherds and imagine the people of Israel God has been silent for 400 years. Beyond that, they've had promises made since the very beginning when the fall took place that a Messiah was going to come and rescue his people. In Genesis 3, we read that there would be one who would come from the seed of the woman who would crush the serpent's head. Abraham had been given promises from God that from his seed would come one who would bless all the earth. David, when he entered into covenant with God, the Lord said, I will put one on your throne who will rule and reign forever. Think of the anticipation and the hope that the people of Israel had for thousands of years as they were looking and waiting for a Messiah to come. This angel says to them in verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Christ in Hebrew is Messiah. Messiah means anointed one of God. The day has come, He has arrived the long-awaited, much-anticipated Savior of the world. And therefore, we have the greatest birth announcement that this world will ever see. When in verse 13, we see suddenly, there with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts came forth, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth among those with whom he is pleased. Christ the Savior and Lord has come. At the birth of Jesus, Caesar Augustus was ruling over the Roman Empire. In history, it was a time known as the Pax Romana, 
or the Roman peace. There was a strong economy. The infrastructure had been developed. There was no war really at the time. The empire was safe and secure. But if you were not a Roman citizen, then there wasn't really peace in your mind. As one first century philosopher put it, while the emperor may give peace from war on land and sea, he is unable to give peace of heart for which man yearns for more than outward peace. But consider the words of the angels when they praised and gave glory to God. They said, on earth there is peace among those with whom he is pleased. Because the Messiah has come, it is the dawn of redeeming grace. Because the Messiah has come, God and sinner can be reconciled. Is there a better word that we could use than the word peace to describe what we feel and what we experience on Christmas Eve? Glory goes up to our God. Peace comes down in the person of Christ. Paul writes, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What better gift is there than this baby boy who came to die for us? At Christmas, my favorite hymn to sing is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And that first stanza says it better than I can. Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinner reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise. Join the triumph of the skies. And with the angelic host proclaim. Beloved Christ is born in Bethlehem. May we praise our God for that sweet day. Heavenly Father we ask now. That you would encourage our hearts and our minds as we think on and meditate on the person and work of Jesus Christ. Thank you for sending him, Lord. Lord, we thank you that in the fullness of time, you sent him, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those, to, de to redeem us who were under the law, so that we might be called your sons and daughters. We praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.